Welcome, everybody, to The Tangent Show. My name is Rajiv Sathyal. I am your host, and I'm excited to be sitting across from, at least on the computer, Sarah Whiteman, <laughs> a.k.a. Sarah White Woman, who you, yeah. may know, you might know from Instagram or LinkedIn or a variety of other things. She refers to herself, and I want to get, make sure I get this right because I'm going to go to her LinkedIn right now. She is a cloud consultant, comedian, and powerhouse. And the reason I got to her, and she wrote back very graciously, is my publicist, Fred Anderson, found an article about her online about how she left Amazon, went into comedy. And I want her to tell that story directly. I don't want to ruin that. Maybe I already have. But welcome to The Tangent Show, Sarah Whiteman. How are you doing? Well, hello. Wow. What an intro. Um, <laughs> I still am shocked that like a publicist even found me, an article about me. Like It's all such a shock. Um, basically, I my life has changed recently <laughs> all yeah. from one simple LinkedIn post. Um, so yeah, this is I, a huge honor to meet you and I'm really uh, flattered that you wanted me on your show. Absolutely. No, thanks for doing it. It's, it's always funny because in this game, you know, uh, my friend Isaac Witte, he had done David Letterman's show. So before Steve Colbert had it, Stephen Colbert had it I, and his headshot, we were performing together in a town in Ohio called Dayton, Ohio at Jokers. And, on his headshot, he signed it, Thursday Letterman, Friday Dayton. And I always think of that as like the ups and downs of this business. Not that Dayton is a down, but the idea of just going, you never know who's where on, on the charts. And do you feel that already with comedy, with the people you've, you've met? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, like you are one of the bigger names I've talked to. So that's like a huge honor for me. But um, I, I do see that that's relevant and I mean, I'm just so fresh that like Sarah White, like seeing the names that you've worked with, like I saw like Tim Allen and uh, David Chappelle and then Sarah Whitman. So like now I'm on that list. <laughs> right there, you know, and I've met Sarah Silverman, but now I'm talking to Sarah. That White. is one of my jokes. So don't take it from me. Ah, well, you want to tell your joke or you, we can link to it Well, it's just when later. people cheer when I'm introduced, I, I usually will be like, all right, you know, she said Sarah Whiteman, right? Not Silverman. That's good. She, she, I like she started it. started off for us. When you uh, say you're fresh. So tell me uh, how fresh, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? Um, since March 4th. Oh, very fresh. <laughs> very fresh. Uh, I think like my message is more regarding like getting into it and like trying it. Um, mm -hmm. because my, I've done multiple shows since then mm -hmm. and each one has been like a good success, but actually not everyone, but, um, I was going to say, I was going to yeah, push you on that. Everyone that would sees be me as a, a comedian now. So like business insider did an article on me. Um, and they said I volunteered to be laid off from Amazon to become a comedian, which is not necessarily true. Okay, so that's what they said. I love March 4th, by the way. My earth science teacher in high school used to say it's the only day of the year that's a sentence. He would stand there and go, March 4th. <laughs> and I love that. So it's an auspicious day for you. So what did I do? I think I read the Business Insider article. I definitely read the LinkedIn post from before. So what is the story out there about you? And then what's the truth? Yeah, so the story, I guess, basically, so you know, the economy and like, especially with big tech right now, everyone's being laid off. And people I think were tired of seeing posts about like asking for help, or like, I was laid off, like boohoo me. 
And my post came in like very refreshing to some people. Um, basically, I volunteered to be laid off because I, one, knew it was going to happen anyways. I could tell. And right. I wanted, I went to Spain immediately after. And I was like, I'm just going to YOLO kind of mindset. Uh, yeah. Whatever I want to do that I haven't been able to do at Amazon. Um, also, very glad to be out of there. <laughs> but um, I guess. And this, this is in you, Seattle? Uh, yeah. So I was remote. Um, okay. It's okay. been remote in Seattle and Denver. Okay, got but it. But I was a manager for that last team. And it was something that I just, it's not, it didn't promote my talents as much. So I decided to just try new things. And it resonated with people, I guess. And yeah, I I just have been trying to do a bunch of random new things that scare me. And mm-hmm. stand up is one of them. And I happen to excel at that. And so that is what caught attention. It is amazing because so many of us are always trying to get press, right? And things, people do things every day. And then, you know, I have a publicist, which is how we got connected, whatever. But it's hard for something to catch fire. Do you think it was really that, that you stood out in, in a sea of, like you're saying, sea of almost literal tears of people crying and getting laid off? And that's real. I'm not, I'm yeah. not happening on people. I have a couple of good friends who just got laid off and it is really, really hard for them. And, you know, of course. But is it just because you decided, like you said, YOLO, let's just say, by the way, Spain is where my wife and I uh, honeymooned in Madrid and Barcelona. So, oh my gosh, that's thought. where I just was at. I like Madrid better than Barcelona. You're one of the few, I feel like. I feel Hot like most take. people like Barca better. So why do you like Madrid more? I, I like Madrid a lot, too. I don't know about better, but I definitely liked it more than my wife did. Why did you like it? Well, good question, because this is something I'm passionate about. I think that it's more... I don't know. It, it's more cultured in a sense and more um, like close knit. Like you can just walk to everything mm-hmm. and I, the food, the people, I just like the people better. Um, mm-hmm. I know I did, that was my second time going to both of them. I wanted to okay. actually move there, but I wanted to move to Madrid. Something about Madrid just like resonates with me and I love the people and I just think it's like a very pretty town it is do you speak spanish see i i tend to be the person that adds a little ito at the end if i don't know the word <laughs> right that's necesito of course despacito that's all i could think of there that's really funny so my uh my wife speaks very little i speak probably more french than she does spanish but not a lot and do you speak other languages no no i okay. You're from Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Spanish is uh, the only thing I got, but like. But I I always think of Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. I know that Portland, of course, has been in the news a lot for maybe not the greatest reasons, but I always think of Pacific Northwest as like the best people in America. And I'm not doing that to kiss your ass. I think that, I don't know. What do you think of the people from that part of the country? Do you feel like you're different from everywhere else? Well, I think one Denver has the nicest people because Everyone okay. has moved here. Like there are like rarely uh-huh. any people that are like from here. So everyone has to make friends and be nice. Seattle, yeah. in my opinion, as like in your twenties, it's not the best place to live. It's not the nicest people because a lot of them go to UW, so University of Washington, and I perform they like have their same high school friends, and it's hard to make friends there. Oh, so it's insular. Yeah, I I, I genuinely think. 
they do not have the nicest people, but they the people are nice. Like obviously my family, and that's right. I'm I not saying the nicest. I'm saying the best. The best. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm from there, so yeah. yeah. There you go. I set you up for that. See. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. So here's the thing. Like obviously, we just look stereotypical. You know, like people think of the Midwest as boring. They think of the East Coast yeah. as mean. They think of the South as slow they think of LA as fake <laughs> you know there's there's yeah. just I don't I don't know what you can do to slide people off from Seattle like what do you say about them that's negative I mean I guess Boring? like the rain, the rain and the weather make it yeah. so you're like inside a lot more and like I personally have the thing where if it's sunny I'm happier uh if, what's the what's that called the, the like weather um it, it's like weather depression. It's called something. You're right. Yeah, uh, just, it's called uh, just, something. But that might be the reason. Gender dysphoria. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that. It's something else. It might be that. It might be that. Yeah. Uh, it might be that. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Well, then Denver, I mean, next to L.A., I think is the sunniest city in the country. I think San Diego, yeah. then L.A., then Denver, I think. Yeah, Denver, like that. It's it's very sunny right now. Um we did have like a tornado watch last week, which was wild. I've That's never crazy. seen one, and is it bad that I like kind of want one to happen? <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in your boat. I am totally in your boat. So I've always been or long been obsessed with tornadoes. I think I still have this book that I got in fifth grade called Hurricanes and Twisters, and I think I was in from that moment from the bookmobile. And I've just been so fascinated with tornadoes. They're my favorite natural phenomenon. Like I kind of want to see if one like can pick me up, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they could pick you up. I, I think so. They're, How tall uh... do you think I am? Because my boss used to say I looked really tall on like video calls. Well, now that you you gave me a hint, so I would have guessed you're probably like five six. But if she thought maybe you were five nine, and you're saying it that way, maybe you're like five four. No, I am four four. Not <laughs> really, though. <laughs> I am five two. So you're my wife's height. I, yeah, I five to okay. I kind of does she think she wants to be like one or two inches taller? Because I no, feel like she, if I was one or two inches taller, it'd be very nice. She leans into it because I remember saying, Didn't you want to be taller? She goes, No, I think short girls are cuter. Well, they are cuter. She's right. Obviously, my wife is a genius. Yes, my wife is a genius and also very pretty. You are, by the way, you have a boyfriend, I have a wife. You're much prettier than I expected. Well. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. You're much prettier too. What, what were you expecting? Like an ogre? Yes, yeah, someone like a dog. I was like, I'm only releasing this audio for the first time because she was so ugly. No, oh I, gosh, uh, yeah, your first non video clip. I, guys, I, in who are listening, I am fat, I am yeah. ugly, and I have a beard. I, which I'm finally growing for the first time in a long time. I taped a special and I had it on my calendar the next day. Start growing a beard. I was like, super excited to do it. My wife is You're not just really going through supportive. puberty right now? Yeah, finally. As an Indian, yeah. I started going through pu puberty when I was about nine. I'm not exaggerating. Really? Oh, my God. I had a mustache. Mustache Wait, so in third grade. How was – did you have a training bra? I did the training bra. The closest I could get was that my dad eventually gave me like an electric razor because he was like, you don't want to start shaving too early because it'll come in 
harder and harder was his, you know, old, old husband's tale instead of old wife's Do you tale. know, I locked myself in the bathroom when my mom and sister told me I needed to start wearing a bra. I locked myself in the bathroom for two hours. Oh my God. And would not address the situation. It's like, thank like you're looking back, like, thank you for telling me that. But I locked myself in the bathroom for two hours. It and would like, not undress I, the situation. <laughs> I, I did not want that. And then the next thing you know, you want that. And you, like, it right. like, it's very immediately. Uh, you guys have it, you girls have it way, way harder. I think boys have it, have it hard quite literally, especially when that happens to you and you get called on to go to the chalkboard. I mean, the, the random boner that pops up is, is not <laughs> fun at all. You have no control over it. But my gosh, girls going through puberty, that just seems, my gosh, that seems like the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, I was a late, late bloomer. So I, at first, I, I think I, I, okay, this is a really bad story, but swim, I did swim team growing up. Okay. And in the I think locker I know room, I noticed, a, like, one of the girls with, I, I, I made the nickname Bushy because... I'll, it's just, I'll let you piece that together. But I was so confused. And I like went and told my mom about it and was like, what? It, like, what? Like, I had no idea what that right. was. And I remember it to this day. And like, Bushy, I'm so sorry for talking about this. <laughs> we love That's you. That's <laughs> incredible. Well, it's amazing that you have, the, you obviously have what comics need, which is the ability to mine pain for laughs right because that's a pretty i've had i had some very embarrassing moments way back and i think there's one or two that i still haven't talked about and i'm like i don't know that was let's really embarrassing yeah let's, let's finally just get it out there i know <laughs> let's let's finally spill spill the beans but bushy is pretty uh that's pretty racy i, I are you, do you work you work clean pg-13 r like what's your your thing um you know still it depends but uh i did have a joke about um a uti um i i i'm like i'm definitely like r pg-13 r, r but okay so you swear i oh oh wait me in general oh no on stage yeah on stage oh on stage yeah yeah, yeah but it, it took like one or two times like okay i want to be able to have a few like clips out there that if like an employer sees or like my family, like that was the hardest part. My family seeing like all of them have seen my first stand up show. And I do talk about um, an elevated severance package. And the last elevated package I got is the reason it hurts to pee. Nice. And knowing my That's dad cool. saw that not very cool, but <laughs> So I try to keep it like in a good mix. That's it's funny. That's really kind of the driver for me too, was like just to have my family come. I worked at Procter and Gamble. So another big company, just like you worked yeah. at Amazon. And one of my calls today actually was with, uh, with P and G just about a potential gig again. And so that's the thing, since I live in that world, uh, but it's it's not only that, but also the idea that I don't know, you're standing in front of 300 strangers. When I meet somebody for the first time, I don't just drop an F-bomb because I don't know. Like maybe you're yeah. the president of the University Christian Fellowship at your school. Yeah. Like I have no idea where you're coming from. So I don't feel yeah. like swearing in front of people I don't know. I feel that. I mean, I'm I'm one of those people, though, that's kind of a I'm very casual. So mm -hmm. even I get if that. In my like interviews I have for jobs, I I take the more casual approach. So swearing 
I occasionally will say it. And then like, even to my family, I'll be like, sorry, mom. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I do tend to speak very casually and like mm -hmm. openly. And that's like who I am. That's good. So how did you, when you, did you make a list of things that you wanted to do, like a bucket list of things that scare you and stand up at the top yeah. or you had done, uh, what, what was on this list and where was stand up? Yeah. In that list? yeah. Awesome. Um, so my top number one is go to an African safari. That's like by far I've my number one bucket list item. Okay. Two, I want to live in Madrid. So that I had a little sneak peek of it, at least to like test out the waters a little bit more. But stand up was definitely like number three or four because okay. I I'm funny. Like you are right? funny, right? Yeah. Thank you. No doubt. Yeah. No, very seriously. Yeah. Very seriously. Um, but yeah, I I knew I wanted to do it, and it was the opportunity presented itself. Uh, my boyfriend actually introduced me to a stand up comedian at Rise Comedy in Denver mm -hmm. and she had an opening slot and I just of course I'll do it yeah. so I was in Spain when that happened and I was get, getting back like a, only a couple days beforehand so I had to just really do it and I told my friends and I knew that would help me like hold myself accountable because they all mm -hmm. knew I was doing it so I had to totally but definitely a high bucket list item because I knew I could do it I wasn't, I wasn't worried. And you were, you were thinking stand up live as a, how old are you? Do you mind sharing? Yeah, no, I'm 26. Okay. So your but, generation, but I look are, 21, right? You look young <laughs> for sure. I would, you could have had the beard. I, 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 you don't have the beard. You don't look like an ogre. Um, I, it's because I actually, uh, zoomed with a man earlier today and he's 20 and I knew he was young. But I was mm -hmm. like, well, that's really young. And, you know, he's doing stand-up as well and, and getting into the game. But for your generation, because we are not at all in the same generation, probably two apart, if anything, you didn't want to – did you want to start with TikTok or, or do improv in okay. real life? Because stand-up in real life is like the highest level of theater. Yeah, good life. question. One, I don't even have a TikTok. I'm, like, I'm so impressed. I'm like one of those people that's – I don't know. So do you remember Vine? Vine yeah, of course. Six second I videos. had a vine and boy, I killed vine. Did you? Uh, yes. Like I you killed vine. it like you were great on there or you're the reason it shut down? <laughs> um, good you literally killed vine. Maybe yeah. ask vine, <laughs> but I loved that. And then with TikTok, it just bothers me just of like how, like when I first downloaded the app, I did download it to see what it was. It was all mm -hmm. these like high school girls like dancing and trying to look sexy. And yeah. I, it just turned me off from the whole thing. And um, yeah, basically I, I have like a little, I'm a re rebel just at heart, like rebellious yeah. in any sense of the mean of life. Yeah. And like, yeah. I want to be the person that doesn't have TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife got off of Facebook for maybe partly that reason. She was like, you know what? Everybody's on it. And it's just, I don't need this. And yeah. she peaced. Yeah. But uh, sorry, what what was your question? I don't know. It's just fun to talk to you. I don't know. You said something <laughs> about TikTok. And I asked, uh, why not like do TikTok or sketches online, which a lot of people in your generation are doing. Or oh, they're yeah, even, yeah. I guess the big thing now is like, they're just, at, um, lip syncing to stand up. That's another thing. That's, that's I got viral on LinkedIn. Does that make me old? 
does that make me cool? <laughs> it makes you weird because I don't it know anyone. I wondered about this. I, I had written a note to myself years ago, a decade ago. Like, could you be like the LinkedIn comedian or the Pinterest comedian? Because like, nobody had gone viral. Like Dane Cook went viral on MySpace. Russell Peters went viral on YouTube. And then a lot of people went viral on Vine and Instagram and TikTok and, you know, oh. all these things. Here you well, are. You're you the, are LinkedIn. speaking to the first viral LinkedIn com comedian. So, I think that's true. I, I honestly, if I'd be shocked if it wasn't true. Did you book gigs from it? Have you gotten called to do virtual or real well, shows? I had a lot of Nigerian princes reach out to me saying hi. Um, so that was yeah. a. You're like, they have load. a lot of money. I sent them everything I have. Just, I got so many, like, hi. Like, do you, I still haven't gone through every message. Like, and it's been a few months. But wow, got that many. Of, oh, my gosh. Insane amount. A lot of them were actual job opportunities. But um, I made the mistake of in my LinkedIn post saying, like, if you want any tips, like, feel free to reach out. Assuming I would have like six people Three. like this yeah. post, like yeah. I did not assume any of this. And poor people, if you are listening, I'm sorry. I am not giving you tips, but that is just, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. What you can do if you want is you could write up another blog post on LinkedIn and, and put all your tips in there and they can just, you know, you could just that's link to it. That's a good idea. That's what My I would do. My main tip is to manifest before you go on stage to like look yourself in the mirror and just like manifest what's about to happen. I think that is good. Uh, is that what you do? You look literally look in the mirror and you, you I say, I'm going to have a great show. I look in the mirror and I tune out every, like all the other noise. I also can't, okay, this is a weird one. I can't listen to another comedian before I go on. Oh, so you don't watch any of the show. So I, I will watch some of it. But like a few before me, I have to leave because I need to, I have really bad ADD <laughs> and okay. I need to be able to like focus on my material and like my mindset. And mm -hmm. it is, I can't listen to other jokes beforehand, which is kind of funny. Like, are you the same way? That'll probably change for you. I feel like yeah. when you're starting out, that is the key or that, that is, that is the case. And I remember my nerves and nerves are weird because <clears throat> sometimes I have a really big show and I'm not nervous at all. And there are other times I have a very small show and I'm, I'm racked with nerves, even to this day. For the most part, though, I don't get a lot of stage fright and I, I don't get a lot of nerves. But I remember that when I was starting out, probably 48 hours ahead, I would start to feel a little bit nervous. I'd be like, OK, it's tomorrow night or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, or, or in two nights, rather. And then it was 24 hours and it was 12. And then, yeah, like I would do the new material walk or he'd be out in the parking lot yeah. walking around trying to get it down. And I yeah. didn't want to wa watch the show, but I did because I'm very in the moment. I've always done crowd work. So I want to know if the, the comedian has already talked to them and covered a topic. And so I've always been paranoid about that. I totally get that. And like, so when I went viral on LinkedIn, uh, the photo was of Rise Comedy where I was performing and I was then going. So like a lot of people are commenting saying that they're going to go to the show like the Wednesday night um, open mic. And I immediately had to come up with material about um, like going viral on LinkedIn. Yeah. And for that one, I like went out to my car and like had to sit there and just like still come up. Like I didn't fully know exactly what I was going to say until I got on stage that day. And it went well. 
It did go well. It did go well. Um, yeah, I, I had to go up there for business insider photos too. So it was a lot of different pressures, but it wasn't my best show. Um, just because I think I was focused too much on making it perfect. Yeah. Like the shows sure. that I'm not focused on making it perfect where maybe I'm a little too drunk or just like going out there like shits and gigs, let's do this. Yeah. Are my best shows for sure. Do you go, do you drink beforehand? Do you, is that something you yeah. like to do? Yeah. Okay. You need to. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, probably. I mean, I, th I think it's still just it, the routine I've created. I like, feel that way before dancing. It's very hard for me to go hit the dance floor without at least two or three vodka sodas. Are you? Oh, wait. I knew I recognized you from Dancing with the Stars. Oh, of course. Naturally. <laughs> I'm the original star, in fact. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am yeah. so honored. You're so honored. You, you like thought... the salsa or the cha-cha? Um, the, uh, the salsito. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can do a callback with, with the best of them, I tell you. So the 30 seconds beat right before you perform, is it, it's, is it looking in the mirror and then, then you go right up on stage? Like Describe that last 30 to 60 seconds before yeah. you go on stage. Um, I would be, so like, say there's like a backstage and then a bathroom, I'd be in the bathroom. Basically, like, when I say manifest, I mean like saying like I have this inner power where I know I'm going to do great if I right. am focused on that and it like basically it's a form of taking away the nerves and taking away the other like distractions and just looking at myself and saying like go go kill it that's where I do swear I go go fucking kill it and, that, that, and that's I, kind I of like where you pump that. yourself up mm -hmm. yeah I just look at myself and probably kind of scary. If someone walks in, they probably think I'm crazy. That's that's good though for a performer, and they probably feel like you're about to get in like a wrestling ring or something. <laughs> Has an online commenter or a passerby, like on LinkedIn or whatever, like I know you said there are hundreds or maybe thousands mm -hmm. of messages you haven't gotten through. Has anyone said anything that's really stuck with you? Yeah, well, I guess more on the like job front. Um, I was on a another uh, podcast kind of regarding my like layoff and mm -hmm. like that whole story and she let me know that because of my words and like what I my story she quit her job and is now having her dream job so that, that's a big deal I started crying when I heard that because like the fact that I could influence someone that much it definitely is resonating with me and I will never forget I wonder how many people even have something like that where they've, that is really influencing a person to like leave your job is pretty, yeah. pretty serious. I still don't really know how to handle all of it. I mean, I know I'm proud and it's just weird. Like the difference in once it's happening to you compared to like back when, when you are like thinking like, that'd be really cool to be on a podcast. Like mm -hmm. that'd be really cool to go viral. Like, mm -hmm. once it's already happening, I feel like this, like, the effect on you is, like, lessened, like, quite a bit. Yeah. And so I've also noticed that. I, I think that that's true. I mean, I've made, I don't know, well over 100 videos, and I've had a few of them go, you know, into the maybe hundreds of thousands, and then I have one uh, that has almost a million on YouTube, but I know it's been seen like a hundred million times across yeah. Facebook and WhatsApp yeah. and That's WhatsApp doesn't have a counter. 
And I get messages from people like similar to you, what you're saying. And it is, um, I feel like if you're going to listen to the compliments, you have to listen to the insults. You know, when people say don't take it personally, it's like, well, no, if you're going to take a compliment personally, then you should take an insult personally. Like either it all matters or it doesn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that when people give you, especially if it's constructive, but even if it's not, um, sometimes those YouTube comments, man, or those social oh media gosh. comments, they can be brutal, but they're trying to yeah. tell you something. And if three or four of them yeah. are saying the same thing, it, it's yeah. learning for you. Well, okay. One, I want to relate this back to another thing, but someone commented on my, like one of my videos the other day saying, this is so not funny. It's funny. I, I just think in my mind, this is someone who doesn't have the balls to go up to, to do stand-up comedy in the first place. Yeah. So I, I take it lightly and kind of make a joke about it. Cause that's what I we think, do. I think that's the best, best case scenario. And I think that, you know, I've flown around the world to do gigs and most of them, you know, I've killed cause I'm hilarious, but there have been a couple that did not go so hot yeah. and you know, they were not paid gigs. Luckily, they you were while I was there to do a corporate or something, I would do like an open mic mm -hmm. or I would do a book show. And a couple of those I bombed on and I wasn't getting paid and there wasn't that much at stake. But there is something really funny, though. One of them I did and I had flown there for the gig. If you can't see the humor in getting on a plane, flying to a place, checking into the hotel, eating your meal beforehand, asking for a per diem and then just sucking for 45 <laughs> minutes. If you can't see the humor in that, you shouldn't be a comic. How how much money like, did it all cost you to suck? <laughs> to suck, yeah. How much did it cost them? How much did it cost me? How much? Who, whose dignity was lost? I think probably of the buyer and they the seller. They tomatoes it, at you is my real question. It has never come to that. No one's thrown like a fish or a chicken <laughs> or a tomato. Reason, I think it's yeah. from SpongeBob or something. But I always have this like vision of like if someone's booing you, like throwing tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes. I kind of, do you want to do that once in your life? Because I know I do. Uh, there was, I yes, A, and then I'll B. do it to you. <laughs> you. Why don't you come to a, a show and hit me with a tomato? And okay, then I get, to can, return, I get to return the favor. <laughs> okay, deal. I'm, I'm totally, totally. Heir, heirloom or cherry? <laughs> oh, beef steak. Beef steak. Okay, you pick. Okay, beef steak tomato is getting thrown right at your face. Yeah, that's gonna be like that's gonna. I'm gonna like make sure to steak. open it up a little bit first too, so it just full, full like you know wow. gets a full effect. Because if it just bounces exactly. off my head, there's still gonna be something funny about something round bouncing off a round bald guy's <laughs> head. But you yep. need the splat. I do. Okay, I will start working on that now. Maybe I wear glasses too, and you see the like. Or goggles, the, like. Your goggles. Oh, that's even better. Then, okay, then, cool. then they'll be like he's in on it, though. I like this. I like this. This is a, this is a good move. Uh, there was speaking of this, and you totally see the end of this coming, uh, but it doesn't make it any less funny. Somebody had posted. I don't know if it was LinkedIn, but somewhere, some maybe Quora. Somebody had asked, "What's the worst private gig you could do as a comedian?" And the best answer was by Graham K, and he's a comedian. And he wrote, a comedian in Canada told me he once did a gig for a men's fishing retreat. They were all a bunch of drunk dads, and they started throwing fish at him. Apparently, they did it every year to the comedian. He was embarrassed that he did it, and it made him question his career choice. The next year, his agent said they wanted him back, and they promised not to do it again. He needed the money, and he did it. Ten minutes into his set, a carp hit him in the chest. <laughs>
question. Whose approval do you seek? Is there anyone in mind you're trying to impress either consciously or subconsciously? And if so, is this healthy? Yeah, well, mainly myself, because when I was a kid, I knew like, I knew I wanted to do something like great, and like greater Mm -hmm. than like the classic, like, life um, trajectory. So like, I want to impress myself because I owe it to myself and also my, like my parents, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Conan O'Brien, he had talked about how when he's not at work, he tends to watch a lot of dramas and documentaries because he deals in jokes all day long. He doesn't want to keep yeah. laughing yeah. all night. He's been laughing all day. His podcast, like, I I love it. The Conan Needs a Friend. Like Conan O'Brien yeah. is one of my favorite people. Um, it's because of the red hair that you have. and the height are you glad that you have all of this like whether it's notoriety or fame or whatever you want to call it early on do you you see an upside and a downside I mean obviously the upside is getting probably more opportunities well yeah good question um it's it's been stressful almost like I want like someone to give me advice someone who knows like how to capitalize on this like as I can right now um I wasn't wanting or expecting it obviously I've been capitalizing on it to the best of my ability but I just got a new job as a cloud consultant and so like I was asked to be on this new tv show um which I will not talk about but things like this are also happening like simultaneously and it's hard Uh to figure out exactly what like path like, to go on um, mm-hmm. because I never really knew it, this would happen. Yeah. So, so I, it's cool. Little Sarah who tried submitting a video of herself to America's Funniest Home Videos to get on TV would be really proud right now. But adult Sarah is trying to navigate um like the balance between a career with health insurance and, and comedy. I hear you. Who is guiding you? Who, where are you getting that advice? Um, I mean, I guess like my family, my boyfriend, my best friend, Robin and Hannah. Um, it's just people who know me mm-hmm. and also, yeah, my parents obviously want me to have health insurance. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, the next year it's over, 26. Yeah, like, um, yeah. Um, and I literally lost my, or volunteered to be laid off right as I turned 26. So that's mm-hmm. good. Good timing. Comedy's <laughs> about timing. And then go to stand-up comedy, like, what a failure their daughter is. <laughs> How do but, they feel? Uh, I mean, like, what is the advice that they're giving? Like, do you need someone to give you career advice too? Because your friends probably can't do that since they're not stand-up comics, right? Or can they? Yeah, no. Uh, I'm like, no one has advice on that front. So I guess I'm only getting the advice from like, for like the job front, like the classic mm-hmm. job. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really have anyone in my life giving, oh, actually Hannah Einbinder. Do you know Hannah Einbinder from- I don't know her, but I just saw her uh, from Hacks on HBO. I'm a big oh, fan yeah. of the show. I just went to a show. It was uh, Asif Ali, Hannah, and Eliza Schlesinger. I just saw them oh, last yeah. week. I reached mm-hmm. out to her. Um, we went to Chapman. We were in the same sorority together. Shout out, Hannah. Oh, um, nice. She gave me a lot of good tips on like the comedy front. 
Um, so I have like, I have to look in two different places for advice. The personal and the professional. Yeah. What did yeah, she give you? She's such you a think badass. You... Go Hannah. Like she yeah. said that she was doing two shows a night. Um, every night. And when mm-hmm. I heard that, I was like, okay. Um, all right. <laughs> a lot. Post on LinkedIn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can yeah, you like get I, up? That's Can insane. You... Did you do that as well? Yeah. When I started out, I was doing a lot, but not, I don't rust. So for me, it's like, whether I'm great or whether I suck, I'm always kind of the same. Like I can take two weeks off and get up like I, you know, even through the pandemic, the pandy, as I was coming out of that, I was the same as I was before. I I, I don't really gather dust. I'm not really sure why that is, but I can just get up there and sling it the same. Uh, Because you're bald. Because I'm bald, probably. That's why. Because, you know, anything that's slinging back is going right over my head. So (laughs) they can't, they can't catch me. They can't, they can't see me. Um, they just see the light reflected in, yeah. on the top of my head. That, that's kind of all they get. Tell me, we're running out of time. So tell me a uh, a celebrity story, like a, a story involving okay. a celebrity that you may have met. Yeah, well, so I don't, so Kevin Hart, um, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's um, he's a y- young really, kid just starting out. Yeah, yeah, he's like an up and coming uh, tall guy. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I was asked to be like an extra on one of his like YouTube shows, mm-hmm. which I forget the name right now. It was a while ago, but uh, I was an extra and we're the beach goers. And I, we were basically paid like 50 bucks to go sit at the beach. And then he would, he like would come by at some point for this show. And I remember sitting there and like getting super sunburnt <laughs> and he finally is coming through. Like we were there for like two hours. He was finally coming through and then was talking to us. And like, he didn't like the bit that he was doing. So it just was never used. So literally Mm -hmm. just like went to the beach. to like get sunburnt and paid 50 bucks. And like, it it never really showed on, on his show. So I was a little mad. Not going to lie. Yeah. I would think so. Cause you probably get sunburnt you and Conan, but I don't think Kevin Hart gets burnt very much. Also, another one is my sister was sitting next to Kobe Bryant at the Olympic trials. My, so wow. Gosh, this is actually maybe getting into something deeper. But um, my uncle, Uncle Steve, my dad's best friend growing up, was the president of USA Gymnastics. Oh. And, and my sister uh, was invited. I was invited, too, but I was working because, you know, ambitious. But uh, she was invited to go to the Olympic trials and was sitting next to Kobe Bryant. And there's a photo and like in the video, it looks like they're like on a date. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, on a date. And like his girlfriend was next to him or not girlfriend, his wife. Sorry. Yeah, Uh, right. But your your friend was a girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, My sister. On a date. Yeah. You're related. But yeah, yeah, I just thought it was so funny. Like she, there's photo footage where it looks like she's on a date with Kobe Bryant. That is amazing. R.I.P. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's 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 a big one. I got to touch his hand briefly because my friend had VIP tickets to the Lakers, yeah, like season tickets, and we got to stand in the tunnel when they all ran out, uh-huh. put our hands yeah. out, and I got oh, like gosh. a little high five with with Kobe Bryant. So his that's, whole that's... story, I think, still affects everyone. Like something about that is still so insane and um surreal 
because that doesn't happen. My brother pointed that out. Yeah, and uh, you know, I have a couple of brothers, and 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 he made a couple of interesting points unrelated. Uh, one of them was when Saturday Night Live had its like 25th anniversary and had all the celebrities and actors and sports people together. He goes, do you realize that's probably the greatest assembly of celebrities in history? Because he goes, you know, the Oscars is just actors and the Grammys is just musicians and the SPs is just athletes. You don't have like a cross mm-hmm. thing where they all come together, like the Met Gala, right? But he said, this is bigger than the Met Gala. You had people mm-hmm. who were just like legends because legends yeah. don't really go Met Gala. It's more like the hottest new people are going, right? The new money of, of Hollywood. But I was like, that's a yeah. very interesting point. He's like, yeah, where can you see Jack Nicholson and Prince and, you know, the latest Pete Davidson type? And then with Kobe, <laughs> you know, uh, he said that uh, that just doesn't happen. You don't have a, an athlete who is either still playing or has just retired and dies. Like that just, it's so rare to have that happen. I know. I, I think a lot, like, a lot of us can still remember that day, like, to a T. And a lot of, like, other deaths or, like, famous people, like, you don't really remember. And that's, yeah. like, the one that sticks out for me. Yeah, it's right and before Betty the White, Because I just got my dog that I named Betty Whiteman right before Betty White died. So I can't help but feel a little guilty, like I stole her. Her soul. Yeah. So I might have murdered Betty White. Um, You might have, but maybe you're helping her live on. I'm Hindu. I believe in reincarnation. That's why when he said YOLO, I'm like, not us. We we, we keep reliving. So my dog uh, is pretty, pretty Betty White ish. She is funny, cute, poofball hair, you know, that's, that's very Betty White. I just heard about a dog that's 31 years old, like the oldest dog in the world. So maybe that's the Betty White of dogs. That's the ambition is that you retire at 29 and your dog lives to 31. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Let's do some rapid fire and then we'll okay. wrap it up. Uh, um, in one word, what are you? Goofball. I like that. What would it mean to pull a Sarah if somebody's like, oh, she just pulled a Sarah? Away. Um, falling or injuring myself. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I like that one. Um, what is the most exciting live sporting event you've ever seen? And does it relate to the shirt you have on? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. One, go. Uh, U.S. Women's Soccer, I did see them here in Denver once. Um, but I would like to say the best one was my um, championship finals, or sorry, semifinals of my own soccer uh, career when I assisted the winning goal. Um, oh. Just putting that out there. You got to. You, you got, saw yeah, it. I got to have mean, a humble brag in there. I, I like I like the humble brag. That is, that's really dope. I, I still have my... Uh, <laughs> Uh, trophy, my silver trophy, and my gold trophy. My silver trophy is way I, back there. I soccer. I was, I was seven I have, years old. Wait, I have a trophy. <laughs> you still have it? That's so cute. I have a trophy up there somewhere for best sed- or like Sudoku champion. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, weird. That's weird trophy to get. Weird, but not puzzling. What non-sexual thing are you into that would surprise us? Guitar Hero. Okay, that and the rocket fuel. What was the rocket thing? Rocket you said? League. Come on. Rocket League. I get, come on. Add get on. on add me on Rocket League. I'll add you as a friend. Uh, I will. I'll. I'll do it. I got to download it just like you with TikTok. When is the last time you did something for the first time? Was it stand up? Definitely. I mean, biggest thing. Yeah, stand up. Also, I did talk to a psychic yesterday. Have you? Had you? You've trial, never done that before. Three three minutes, and that was the first time I've ever done that. So. 
anything surprising? Was it accurate? I mean, as far as you know, I, like it was. I, who knows? Um, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> like that's I, the it, beauty it, of it. It seemed like it was kind of relatable, but it also seemed like it was kind of like you could say that to anyone, kind of like a horoscope. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of stand-up comedy, where like a joke, you know if it lands or not. But with psychics, it's like it's like a delayed reaction, and five years they'll figure out if the joke works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which animals have you ridden? Ridden, like yeah, like a pony like or a horse, like a horse. Yeah, w yeah. Um, mm -hmm. that's a good one. I mean, I have gone on my boyfriend's dog, who's really big. Um, okay. What other animals are there that you can ride? I think that elephant, maybe, maybe a pony, maybe a donkey. Okay. Well, uh, I want to eventually elephant with my number one bucket list item of safari. Yeah, you could do that. That, that well, is, you, we got to find out if that's damaging to elephants. I don't know. There are conflicting reports on that. Are you calling me fat? I did not call you fat because I already said you're not an ogre. Although I guess you could be a thin ogre. P H A T. P H A T. Yeah, you could be, you could be a thin ogre. Uh, what's your what's your karaoke song? What song? Uh, like, um, if you we're going, but song. let's get it started by Black Eyed Peas because okay. I had a toothbrush. The tooth tunes growing up as a kid that would play that every time I brushed my teeth. Oh so my I'm gosh! Sure. Yeah, that's pretty good. And not not the uh, R version, like the uh, R version of the song. Probably the not, but who knows? My I might have been scarred from that. Yeah, if you stab yourself with I it, I was maybe. listening what? to our music as a young kid anyways, though. Uh, I wanted okay. to marry Akon when I was in third grade, and I wanted my daughter to be named Shoddy. So that if that tells you what music I listen to. Yeah, that's pretty ratchet. Yeah. yeah. Or for ratchet, you know? What, what, how old is the oldest piece of clothing that you wear? Probably, like, middle school. Like, limited to... I think I have a... a yeah, limited to... I think I still have a swimsuit... That fit me back in like sixth grade that I still own. Not sure why. Yeah. Like you can put it in the, in the Sarah museum someday, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Like the Smithsonian. They're like, they want the first microphone when you perform. You're like, here's my bathing suit from sixth exactly. grade. Exactly. Just like a, this will be playing on the wall. Yeah. So not Akon, but R. Kelly might be into that. <laughs> Where can people find you? Obviously LinkedIn, but do you want to plug anything in particular, a project or a handle or anything? Everyone, do yourself a favor and follow me on Instagram at Sarah White Woman because feminism. Uh, you might get a follow back, but who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe Just you'll get a follow a strict back. Strict maybe. Possibly. Just like a LinkedIn message response. You might get yeah. one. <laughs> Maybe. But we can't guarantee you. That's good. I, I'm glad that you introduced maybe because now you don't want to be like, oh, and I'll give you all these tips. Exactly. Sorry for all of those. Um, I will give you tips in a post. I like I will that. Do that eventually. We can always fix it in post. My friend, Sarah, it was great getting to know you. Unless you have anything to add, I'm going to wrap it up. But I really had a great time yeah. getting to know you a little bit. Absolutely, my friend. Um, this has been a really cool experience getting to know you and like uh, sharing my story. So I just want to say thank you so much. Um, last little bit, tell me one of your jokes. Oh, you're gonna ask me to tell you one yeah, of my I'm jokes. I'm taking over. <laughs> I'm I'm going to tell you something I've not yet done on stage, but okay. 
I feel probably going to become, you should feel very lucky right now. It's going to be a one-liner. It's going to be an opening. And I'm going to say, uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, I don't think a lot of you know this. I was born outside of London in Cincinnati. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's outside London. Wow. I mean, I know you're seeking my approval and I'm mm. giving it to you, but that was amazing. Deeply, deeply. I'm deeply touched by that. I think you're the first person maybe who has heard that. Well, the only person that matters considering my clout in the comedy field. So. <laughs> <laughs>